One thing I think is most important for everyone to know is God is good. You know, God's on our side. And um, so often people feel that somehow God's against them. God's not against you. Never has been, never will be. You're against yourself. You've probably done a few daft things in your life, haven't you? Done things you shouldn't have done. Got yourselves in messes. Shouldn't have got in. And the nice thing to know is God blesses messes. And so he loves you. Never against you is for you. Never ever intends ill. God never puts sickness or disease on anyone. Jesus came to heal, came to set you free, came to loose you. He loves you. And God sent his own son with the purpose of redeeming you. Never ever intended that somehow you should take responsibility for your sin. He took responsibility for it. He said, look, Father, I'll take the punishment. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is that God has done everything where I can be saved, where I can be healed, where I can be forgiven for my sins, where I can have new life. And it's what God has done for me in sending his son. And so important to understand. This morning I was talking uh, to the church if you weren't here this morning, I just want to recap slightly. Um, one of the things that's a shame is that people have hope, and they hope one day. But hope is no good. Because if you live in hope, you better call the undertaker now. Hope won't bring anything about. There's a lot of people hope for a lot of things. They hope they'll get better. They hope things will go well. But that's not faith, that's hope. And hope deferred makes the heart sick and it doesn't help your body. When you hope for something and it doesn't happen, it's disappointing, isn't it? Discouraging. Hmm? Hope it's going to be fine weather tomorrow. You get up and it's pouring with rain. It doesn't help you, does it? Didn't make it bright because you hoped it would be. Hmm? You hope it's going to be nice and warm when you wake up. You get up and you walk outside and it's freezing. What do you hope? But the hope didn't change the weather, did it? Hmm? And there's a lot of people live all their lives in hope. They hope they get better. They hope God does something. But that's not faith. That's just hope. And a lot of people put off things. They hope their life will change. But your life doesn't change by hope. Your life changes when you do something. And I find... Most people call hope faith. It isn't. They say, well, I know God can, 
Well, God can, but so what? I've got to go beyond where God can to believe that he will do it now. Because I need the reality of God's power now. I need to know it now. Hoping, well, one day, maybe. A Romans chapter 8. World's gone upside down, hasn't it? Inside out. Terrible. You know, I'm amazed that ministers and preachers and bishops aren't, aren't, aren't prepared to get up and say what they should say. Someone's got to stand up for righteousness. Huh? Verse 24 says this, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Now, I'm starting with hope. But hope has got to move from hope to faith. You see, there's something about coming to church. You came here because you hoped God would intervene and do something for you. That's why you turned up. Unless you just turned up to hear the choir, they're great. But basically, anyone that goes to church hopes. That's one of the saving things. People went to Jesus with hope. Then Jesus challenged them and they came to faith. Then miracles happened. But most of you got here because you hoped. Hope you'll do something. Hope, there's hope. While there's life, there's hope. Isn't that right? You all hoped, didn't you? So you're starting at the place that's all right. There's nothing wrong with hoping. It's just they don't want to leave you in hope. Because hope deferred, as I said this morning, makes the heart sick. A lot of people never get a miracle because they keep hoping. See, in life, if you want to change, you've got to do something about it. You've got to take action. It takes obedience. You've got to move from hope to action. And tonight, I want to talk about that. Turn with me back to Hebrews chapter, uh, one, uh, chapter 11. Remember, we were there this morning. Hebrews chapter 11. You need to look in a Bible. If you haven't got one near you, borrow one from someone that's near you. You know, you've got to know it's in the book. Because I'm a Bible believer. In Hebrews, chapter 11, 
We'll start where we did this morning. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now do understand this. If you don't believe in, in the miracle of creation, you can't be a Christian. I understand that the worlds were framed. I don't believe you came by chance. I don't believe there was somehow, year, millions of years ago, an explosion in the stratosphere and somehow the earth became the earth and then all of a sudden a jellyfish appeared. Well, looking at some of you, I might believe it. And, and then, you know, the jellyfish turned into a fish. And the water got scarce in some places, so the fish grew legs. And then the fish got bored walking on land, so grew a few wings and began to fly. And then it evolved into dinosaurs and all sorts of ugly things. Frighten you spitless if you met them on a dark night. And then, you know, suddenly animals began to affect four-footed things and then you know all of a sudden you got monkeys and baboons you know and all of a sudden a baboon decided to get intelligent and he started reasoning and lo and behold man evolved if you believe that rubbish you're a fool goes against every law of physics. Strangely enough, the symbol doesn't develop into the compound, it just doesn't. Things break down. And you can't say man's evolving. Man has been devolving since creation. Man gets worse. The more intelligent he gets, the more he finds devious ways to be evil. More evil weapons, more evil ways. Terrible, isn't it? Hmm? Society gets worse, doesn't it? Really does. The evil that man does, horrible. We understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. God spoke the world out of nothing. God created. He's the creator. If you don't believe that, you're stupid. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're not stupid, are you? You know, you wouldn't believe that rubbish. I mean, some people... I, I meet people that still believe in jellyfish. Where'd you come from? I came from a jellyfish. There's not any basis in science at all. And God gave us his word. He told us how it all began, and he was there at the time. His name is Jesus. I happen to believe him. And if you don't believe that, don't call yourself a Christian. Call yourself what you are, a heathen, infidel, an unbeliever. 
man's, uh, and the whole of creation. When I go and I look at creation, I just, I marvel at God, what he's done. Don't you? I mean, isn't it beautiful? God created, it, it's so ordered, you'd have to be a fool to believe in an explosion and somehow by chance. You came into existence. God deliver us from stupidity. We've got a God who created heaven and earth, okay? Now start there. Because if you don't believe that, you have no hope. None at all. In 1 Peter, turn to 1 Peter. First epistle of Peter. I want to tell you how life will come to you. It won't come because you imagine God. It won't come because you do something. So many people, when they... Uh, I, I meet a lot of people say, I made a decision for Jesus Christ. I gave my heart to Jesus. I did this, I did that. Bully for you. But that doesn't change you. Uh, you have to have a divine intervention... God has to come and divinely speak to you. If you don't have an encounter with God where God sovereignly speaks to you, you will never come into life. If you're here tonight and you don't know God, I want to tell you, your reasoning and your trying isn't going to help you one little bit. You can try to be healed, but that's not going to help you. You can try to get better, but that hasn't helped you so far. That's why you're here. Your efforts don't work. Doctors, they give you pills, they say, try those. If you're still alive a week later, they say, well, how are you doing? If you say, well, they didn't do much good, they'll say, well, try these. They give you a few things to try, don't they? Occasionally, they get it right. Thank God for the times they get it right. Amen? I'm for medicine. I believe that it's a gift from God. It's abused a lot, but it is a gift from God. And thank God when it helps. But you come to a place where all help is taken away in man, in medicine, and then you've got a hope in God. You've got a God who's able to do something. Jesus Christ, the creator of heaven and earth, is able to intervene and do what man can't do. With man it's impossible, with God all things are possible. There's a God who created heaven and earth who can turn and with one word can speak into your body and change everything. 
That is what a miracle is. It's divine intervention. It's a God who says, from heaven, it's going to change. And that's what you need for your life, for your body, for your needs. You need God to speak. And he puts it here in 1 Peter, chapter 1, and it's expressed in verse 23. We are born again. That means you had a new, you had a birth, your first birth, a natural birth, but you need a supernatural birth. And to get born again, it's not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. God has to speak into your being so you become the person you weren't before you get born again of God's Spirit by God's sovereign act. It's not something you can believe yourself into. It's not something you can somehow stir up your mind and say, I'm going to accept it. It is a sovereign work of a sovereign God. And if that doesn't happen, I want to tell you, you're on your way to hell. Doesn't matter whether you believe in it or not. There is no one in hell that doesn't believe in it. You'll find out it's real. I mean, a lot of people say, Oh, you don't believe in hell, do you? I don't believe in going there, but I know a lot of people that will be there trying to pretend they don't believe it. I'll tell you, when you get there, you'll believe it all right. But you don't have to go there. God has made a way. He sent his son Jesus to take your sin and my sin into his own body on the tree, to die to it, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. And God can speak life into your being and change you, and you can be born again of his word. But strangely enough, it's a divine thing. I don't like pushing people to make a decision. I don't like pushing people to try and have an experience. I know this, that if God doesn't do it, it don't get done. If God doesn't speak it into a heart, you might believe it, you might hear what I say, but if God doesn't quicken it into your being, nothing's going to happen. It's a scent, it's hope, but it won't be life. God's got to do it. With man it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. It really comes down to God, doesn't it? Hmm? Born again. Goes on, for all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away but the word of the Lord endureth forever and this is the word which by the gospel that's the good news is preached unto you I'm telling you good news you don't have to die Christians don't die they step out of their body into glory 
you do understand that Christians don't die. We change from glory to glory. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. I don't die, you won't die if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, you sure are going to die. Well, it won't be very pleasant. I see a great difference between I've seen people die who haven't got Christ and I've seen people die who have. The people who have Christ, they don't actually die. What they do is they just transfer from one state to another. They leave their body and go to glory. The person who hadn't got Christ, it's a stinking mess. No hope, no faith, no life, no future. And a devil comes to get him. Horrible. Very horrible. I've seen that. I've seen those who just go home. Glory to God. And I think it's much nicer to be going in the arms of Jesus, don't you? Hmm? That's what Christianity is all about. Death lost its sting. Graves lost its victory. You say, well, the body's there. It's dead. Yeah, but you're alive. There are no death for a Christian. There's life for a Christian. Jesus came to give me life and life more abundant. I have eternal life. <laughs> I don't die. That's a good thing, isn't it? But it came by the word of God. God spoke a word into me. Bought life. Now you might be listening to me. It might be the first time you're here. And you say, I don't understand this. Well, keep coming. That's all. Just keep coming. Because until God speaks it into you, you're going to remain dead. You won't understand. God, but when God quickens it to you, suddenly it comes alive and you understand everything. When you're born, it's wonderful. Till you're born, it's, it's impossible. You can't teach someone to be born. You can't teach someone about life. You can't express it because only God can bring a man into life. New birth is something God does. You're not born of the will of your flesh. You're not born of the will of man. You're born of God. Sovereign work of God. All you've got to do is hear the word of God preached. And one day, your heart will open and God will speak into your spirit. That's why hope's all right. But don't think hope is faith. Keep coming, God will do it. Get offended with God that he didn't do it instantly you wanted him to, and you can go away. I know people, pastors uh, and preachers who won't pray for people till they come to their third meeting. It'll wait. You see, you need faith. If you want to receive something from God, you need time for God's word to get in you and work. Don't think you can somehow creep in, grab what you want and go. God is <laughs> smarter than that.
Now it's love. Sometimes you'll do an instant miracle. I've seen that happen. People walk in off the street, God does a beautiful miracle instantly. And they're healed. And you never see them again. I remember praying for a man. He came back some months later. He had diabetes and something else. Uh, and God completely healed him. Instantly he walked in. Wonderful. Until he came back and he said he'd been healed. Uh, and I think it was Kevin or someone came and told me. Man was there and he got a glorious testimony. He got up and he said, do you know what he said? It's wonderful. I've been totally healed. My sugar levels are normal. Oh, God's healed my kidneys. God's healed every part of my being. He said, now I can go out and booze on a Saturday night and get drunk and it doesn't affect me. I nearly prayed for his diabetes to come back. <laughs> the God of heaven intervened in his life and he lives like that. Terrible. But then God's God. He did it. I didn't. And the ways of God are past finding out, aren't they? Couldn't get the microphone away from him quick enough. Didn't like that testimony. I laughed. I thought, well, you know, God's God. You say, well, are you against people enjoying themselves and having parties? Not at all. But I don't think there's any virtue in being pie-eyed, do you? That's not pleasure. That's a headache in the morning. It's not joy. It's excess. Can't understand why people do that. Well, then people are people, aren't they? Now it's so queer as folk. God does a sovereign thing. He speaks a word and it happens. Sometimes he'll do it instantly. Sometimes it won't do it for a little while. Sort your life out. That's God. I like that. God's quite crafty, you know. He's quite smart. He's smarter than you. He created heaven and earth and he knows all about you. He knows your little schemes. He sees right through you. Isn't that good? Isn't it nice to know God's smarter than you? Hmm? You think you've got him figured out, I tell you, he's got you figured out. I see lots of people come, take advantage, and then slope away. That's fine. You'll pay the price. But it's not a good price to pay. Jeremiah, chapter 1.
Jeremiah chapter 1. verse 11 it said moreover the word of the Lord came unto me saying Jeremiah what seest thou and I said I see a rod of an almond tree then said the Lord unto me thou hast well seen for I will hasten my word to perform it you know God is quick to do what he says he'll do I find a lot of people are doubtful now faith comes when you believe God will do it Jesus when he saw a man with a withered hand, he said, stretch forth your hand, and that was it. Was made whole. God hates cancer. God hates disease. God hates sickness. God hates anything that perverts mankind. God hates sin. That means living independent of God's will. God hates that. Choosing to go your own way, God hates that. Living for yourself and your selfish desires. God hates that. Loving money. God hates that. He also hates poverty. God never intended anyone to be poor. So bless the work of your hands. But God hates poverty. But God also hates people who set their heart on money and then begin to worship it. You should love and worship God. He's the source of everything. Hmm? Simple, isn't it? He says, I'll watch over my word to perform it. Rather nice. You know, there's, um, God's always faithful. Or is it a uh, girl? I think this one. Is that right? Stand up. Some time ago, I, I prayed for her. Uh, I, I, I prayed for this one. You know? She's Welsh. You know, the Welsh have got a dragon on their flag. Terrible. And they're dirty when they play rugby. But God can forgive that. Uh, and <laughs> she wanted, she's married. I want to tell you that, you know, she's married. And she wanted a, a child. And, and in the end, they had tests done and they decided, hey, they better go to the doctor and get some help. And then it came back to her that God had spoken to her that he watched over his word to perform it. And I spoke it again and it came back to her spirit. And the next thing she knew before she could have any treatment, she was expecting a baby. As simple as that. Why God watches over his word to perform it. The husband was involved as well, I want you to know. I don't, it wasn't an immaculate conception. It was, um, you know, but it's wonderful. It's true, isn't it? Now, isn't that nice? So when's it due? July. July. There you are. 
Now, the doctor said no, God said yes. Because God doesn't intend anyone to live without blessing. Uh, and you know, when you're married, blessing is kids. Not too many. <laughs> but you need enough. Happy is the man with his quiverful, that's three. After that, it gets expensive. I love kids. Children are the most wonderful gift of God, aren't they? Huh? I went, there's two things I can't stand. People that don't like children and people that don't like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, isn't it? God watched over his word to perform it. See, God's faithful. Hey, God loves you. He wants to heal you. God wants to intervene in your life. He loves you. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, took your diseases into his own body. And he died of them and rose again the third day from the dead. Hey, there's no disease, there's no sickness, there's no bondage, there's no affliction in your life that Jesus Christ can't save you from. He's wonderful. You know, the people say, oh, there's no hope. I want to tell you there's always hope. If you're going to die, die standing up. Don't you be one of these creeps that want, I lay down and die. Fascinating. You know, I was reading in the paper today, in the Times, it said that there were extra deaths this month. Lots of old people lived to see the millennium in. They croaked afterwards. But there was kind of a determination they were going to live long enough to see the year 2000. Fascinating. 20,000 odd extra people. All gone. They saw the millennium in, had their drink of champagne or whatever and died. A few days later. Fascinating. All that effort for nothing. I saw Blair in the dome holding the Queen's hand, but I mean, you know. I had hope. I look for, always look forward. There's a God who's able, amen? Hey, he's on your side, not against you. A good God. There's hope for you. Don't you let the devil tell you there isn't. Hey, if God created heaven and earth and, and everything that's in it, just fixing you up's no problem. If he can speak the worlds from naught, if he can set the land and the sea and divide it all, if he can put the stars in heaven, it, it's no big deal you. I mean, you're, you're like a little toy. You're a little thing. God loves you. But they're no big deal, is there? Hmm? Well? It's wonderful. This great God, he can just speak a word and that's it. Until he does, keep coming. 
He will. He loves you. It's not, it, you. You don't have to ever think that God will reject you. He said, anyone that comes to me, I'll in no wise cast out. I find a lot of people, they come to God once and never bothered him before, but all of a sudden they've got a great need in their life. They come once and if it doesn't happen instantly, they get upset with God. Well, that's not the way to live, is it? Hmm? My granddaughter's smarter than that. She's only three. She knows if she goes to mummy and mummy says no, and she goes to daddy and daddy says no, and she goes to grandma and grandma says no, she comes to grandpa. And she knows she's on a winner. <laughs> what can you do? You've got a smile. I couldn't deny a smile. Not a smile like that. Terrible. You might not have a smile, but God loves you. He really does. He cares for you. He cares so much he sent his son to die in your place. His only son. There's nothing he won't do for you. His son bled and died for you. Nothing he won't do for you. That's love. God really loves you. Really does. He's so gracious. Doesn't force himself. He says, look, you can come. If you come, I'll meet your need. But he wants to meet your need. First, he wants to deal with your sin. Then he wants to deal with your sickness. Hadn't come to condemn you. He's come to save you. Save you from yourself. Not come to accuse you. Come because he loves you. That's what's so wonderful about the good news of the gospel. It's all good. God is good. All the time. Isn't he? So, so wonderful. I just love it. Every time I think about it, I just love it. You'll find in 1 Peter, chapter 2. You're in, in 1 Peter, back in 1 Peter. It says this in verse 21. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, this is Jesus, neither was guile, that's deceit, found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth 
righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That's Calvary. Do you understand that? 2,000 years ago on Calvary's tree, Jesus Christ took your sins. That's everything you've done against anyone and against God. Jesus Christ took your sins into his own body on the tree. That we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were a sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Jesus, in his own body, took my sins and your sins. As everything I've done wrong from the day of my birth, Jesus took it into his own body, and he died to it. Third day he rose again from the dead. Justify me, it's just as if I'd never sinned. Every sin I'd ever committed, God took the guilt of it away, he took the penalty of it away, he took the power of it out of my life. And Peter, when he was writing to the church, he said, I want you to understand this. God sent his son, and in his own body, he took your sin and my sin. And the real trouble with life is sin. Don't go and think it's something else. It's sin. And Jesus has paid the price for it. For yours and for mine. Took all our sin into his own body. Now I can reject it. I can say, well, I don't need... I needed help. Hey... I needed a God who loved me. And I presume you're here because you have hope that there's a God who loves you. Isn't that right? Hmm? That's why people come to church. There's a hope. Now you've got to turn from hope to faith. Hey, if God took my sins into his own body, I want to accept his salvation. I want to turn and say, all right, God, if you bore my sins, I don't need to bear them anymore. If you took the punishment for my sins, you took the wrath of God for me. I, I, I want the righteousness of God in my life. I want to be changed. I want to be born again. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I want to know that power in my life. That's what it's about. Simple, isn't it? Hmm? Hello? Isn't that simple? It's a choice. Years ago, I didn't know why Jesus died. I knew that about Calvary, I'd heard about it. I knew about Easter Sunday when he rose from the dead, but it didn't mean anything to me personally. Then there came a day when I realized Jesus took my sin. It was personal for me. He died for me. And when I realized that, faith came alive in my heart. Bible says, 
If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. The word there in the Greek is made whole. Body, soul, and spirit. It's when you begin to say, God, I believe what you did. 2,000 years ago, you died on Calvary. You took my sin into your body. I believe it. The Bible says it. I believe on the third day you rose from the dead. I want to yield my life to you. At that moment, I want to tell you what will happen. Your life will change forever. Faith comes alive. Come alive in God. You get eternal life and you can't die from that point on. You live. You might step out of this body into glory, but there's no death. It's lost its sting. Because the sting of death is sin. And your sin's gone. Jesus paid the price. And that's simple. Okay? Hello? Sure? Say, well, I haven't heard that before. Well, you've heard it now. Didn't understand before. Well, you do now, don't you? Is that plain? Hmm? You need to know you can't die. Good to know, isn't it? I've got eternal life. You need to know God saved you. you need, if you don't know that, you're on your way to hell. Got to know. And a miracle? Why, the greatest miracle of all is to be born again. But then, you see, it says, by his stripes you were healed. You know, 2,000 years ago he took your disease into his body. God says you were healed then. Isn't it about time you started agreeing with God? If he says you were healed, it's about time you stopped looking at your symptoms and started looking at him and say, if you say I was healed, I, I was healed. And I'm going to believe it. It's called faith. Not faith in anything other than faith in what he said. Faith in the book. Faith in the word. You said I was healed. I believe it. And when you believe it, I'll tell you what will happen. You'll find God will perform it. He watches over his word to perform it. He does it. Miracle happens. It's that simple. I've prayed for a lot of people. I've seen a lot of miracles. I've prayed for other people and I've seen nothing's happened. Why? They don't want to believe God. It's up to you. I pray for people who've said they want to receive Christ. Nothing's happened. I pray for other people who genuinely mean it. Their lives are transformed. It's God's sovereign will. But I want to tell you, it's not God's will that any should perish. That's against his will. That's why he sent his son. The only reason you'll perish is because you're a
stubborn, arrogant individual. That's the only reason anyone perishes. Choose to go your own way. Well, that's your fault. Don't blame God for it. God's fair. He's given you opportunity, hasn't he? Hmm? He's had me explain it to you. I tell you, in that day, you're in trouble. You can argue with God and say you didn't know, and God will say, yes, you did. It was that bishop. You went to listen to him. He told you. You say, well, well, you sure, well. I didn't understand. He said, yes, you did. He was very plain and he spoke very simply. An idiot could have understood it. What was wrong with you? And God will say, were you bigger than an idiot? Hmm? You think I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. I'll be there watching you too. Because I want to die. See, I don't die. I step out of body into glory and I'll, I'll be with the Lord. I'll watch on that day. You won't have any excuses. You've lost your excuses now. You were safe for not coming in here. Before you came in, you had an excuse. You didn't know. Now you've got no excuse. That's why it says in the Bible, thou art without excuse, O man. See, God's taken your excuses away. Now you've heard. That's why we send people out to witness. Peter goes on the street to witness. He wants to get rid of your excuses. Now you've lost them. You've got no excuse now. You can't pass a church and say, Ha! I don't un you understand it now. Jesus took your sin. He's come to save you from your sin and from yourself. He's come to save you from the mess in your life. He loves you. Come to save you from your diseases and your sicknesses. Because he loves you. It's grace. Don't deserve it, it's just his love. He's wonderful, isn't he? Amen. Isn't that easy? I want to ask you to stand up. Well, that was easy, wasn't it? That's the first thing I wanted to ask you. Now I want to ask you something. See, I've explained to you in very simple terms. Jesus took your sin into his own body on the tree. And sin's the real issue. I don't know who you are, most of you. I don't need to know about your life. I don't need to know about your past. I certainly don't need to know what your grandfather and grandmother did. Couldn't care less. All I care about is you as an individual. You're here. And the real issue is, have you ever come to Jesus Christ, confessed your sins and said to God, I need a saviour. That's the real issue. 
If you took my sin and paid the penalty for it, I need to do something. I need to respond to you. If you're the God who's come to save me, I've come with hope. You've come to save me from my sickness. You've come to save me from my sin. I need to come to you. And tonight you have an opportunity. He's here. He loves you. He's not against you. He's for you. He says he'll give you a new life. Old things will pass away. Everything will become new. He said he'll heal your body. He's a God who's true. Doesn't matter who you came with. Doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It matters what you think. Matters about you. God's here. He came to change your lifestyle. It's not what you are in a church, it's what you are when you walk out the door, what you are in your home, what you are in your business. That's what counts. God came to change it all. Jesus came to intervene in your life and become Lord and King in your life. came to transform you. Now you might have walked in here and thought you were just coming to a church service. You thought, well, I need healing, I need physical help. But you need more than that, you need a savior. And that's the most important thing of all. And tonight, you can know Jesus as your personal savior. Jesus will deal with your sin and it'll be as though you'd never sinned in your life. He'll take away all the guilt of it, all the power of it out of your life. He'll forgive you. He'll wash you clean. Be newness of life. That's what it's all about. And then he'll quicken your body. He hates the disease that harasses and harms you. He'll quicken it. That means he'll make it alive. He's God of love, God of grace. Close your eyes. It means put your eyelids over your eyeballs. If you don't know what it means, shut your eyes. Don't look around. Father, I just pray for each one here. Lord, you know everyone. You know what they're hiding. You know the battle within. Lord Jesus, I ask you, do a miracle. Greatest miracle of all is to change a life and heart. The greatest miracle of all is to do a miracle in the heart.